Hey, y'all. You are listening to Situationships, the podcast where black millennials from across the relationship spectrum, from singledom to divorced, share their personal stories to uncover hard-learned lessons of love. I'm your host, Randy. Hey, y'all. This is Randy. So this is part two of the Millennial Dating Series. If you didn't last, listen last week, I interviewed young black professionals to get their take on aspects of modern dating. I asked them about their perspective on things like ghosting, paying for dates, using dating apps, and the joys and challenges of modern dating. On this episode, we hear from Akil, a chemist and teacher out of Minneapolis. Akil shares some really thoughtful perspectives on dating and relationships for black millennials. And considering I've known Akil for almost eight years, and I've seen a lot of his tomfoolery over the almost decade, his perspective really has come from a lot of maturing, learning from others, and self-reflection. I really think you guys are going to like this episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and rate the pod and leave a review. Don't forget to join the Situationships podcast community on Facebook, where ladies are sharing dating and relationship tips and insights that they've learned through trial and error. And lastly, let's connect on social media. You can find me at Situationships Pod on Instagram and Facebook and at Situations Pod on Twitter. All right. I hope you enjoy the episode. So, um, uh, before we get started, can you say your name, um, where you live, how old you are, and what you do? Uh, my name's Akil Faluke. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I'm 30 years old, and I'm a chemist by trade, and I teach chemistry at a college. I'm, I'm an educator all around. Awesome. So, first, why do you think dating and courtship are so hard? I have a bunch of thoughts about that, actually. I, I think kind of one of the largest reasons is, reasons is that we overthink it, if we're thinking generational. Um, I think that we've had the freedom and flexibility to kind of like date who we want, not only in a material sense, but otherwise just ideology on dating you know, and what it's supposed to look like. So I think we set uh, very high expectations that can be some sometimes hard for us to meet and definitely hard for others to meet um so i I think that's a a, definitely a a generational question um for millennials that answers um so what do you think is i guess what do you think is the hardest part about dating for you well i don't know so you're in a relationship so you like before you got in a relationship what did you think was the hardest part about dating I felt like to the point of what I said, I, I just feel like I kind of had not unrealistic expectations, but I had expectations that I wasn't willing to meet. And I had to kind of look that face on and evaluate. Not, I think I had a pretty good sense of what the other person did to uh, in, in, in my different dating experiences um, in a negative sense. But I hadn't really evaluated. I hadn't really evaluated what I had did in these relationships um, and just dating experiences from a negative sense and a positive sense and what I add in and, and ways I could um, approach different situations differently to be able to 
accommodate another person. And through dating, honestly, it's kind of where I started to learn those things and figure those things out. So I also feel like I stayed the course of kind of getting to know people and learning through other people as I was dating um, till I got the right lessons, the right bumps on the head that um, made me kind of approach um, the people I love, not just dating wise, but otherwise in a way of um, reflection and, and using people as a mirror to learn more about myself and, and to treat people better, honestly. Akil, that's all mature as shit. I'm real proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, growth. Um, I mean, yeah, no, took that, a while. Yeah, it took a while. I feel like you know me well, so yeah, it took a while <laughs> to get there. Uh, for sure, I don't think dating has ever really been a problem in terms of like meeting women, giving a good impression. But I think just intentionality and being serious about next steps and what I wanted. I feel like um, the ownership for me was figuring out what I needed to do better or what I could do better to make relationships work. And, not blaming and victimizing you know myself (laughs) so what did you enjoy most and least about dating it sounds like you know maybe some unclarity with expectations maybe would have been one of the challenges and and one of the dislikes um, about dating but what are are some things that you liked about dating so I'm a social person so I definitely enjoy like getting to know new people um, through dating, I feel like everybody I've ever dated kind of became a friend over time just because I was there intentional about who I was dating and the kind of people I was dating. So I feel like I've always dated great people, great individuals. And so I just really got to know new people, got to learn new ideas and just learn new things through other people. I think that was the the best part of dating for sure. And the experiences that came along with that, seeing new places, doing new things. Um, all those things that go along with dating different people with different passions and love for the world. So um, I think I was very blessed and fortunate in that regard of dating. Um, the other part, though, the the not the time wasted, but just kind of like um, some of the superficial aspects of dating, um, just going through the motions, going out. Um, I, f- I feel like sometimes there's a certain pressure to like keep up with the Joneses and do what other people are doing as it pertains to dating. Um, and I feel like we all try to meet that. So that can just be whack sometimes. It could become very superficial and materialistic and you just lose track of why you're dating or, or why you're going out with individuals. So those kind of motions and just kind of like trying to figure out who's serious and who isn't and all those kind of things are definitely parts of dating that I, I don't miss and why I enjoy giving all my time to one person. Um, so what would make dating easier, do you think? <laughs> so me and my um me and my best friend, my god brother, we talk pretty often about dating. Um I don't feel like he opens up as much to some of the other homies as he does to me. But we have pretty good conversations um, amongst us and our other best friend as well. Just honestly, a lot about dating and about women and everything. And um, sometimes we just feel like like we're all on the same, like we're all getting the same feedback from women. And I don't think that's a negative. I just feel like there's some kind of like 
lapse in communication on a human level. I feel like we need like a, a town hall, like where specifically with like black folks and black millennials, where we just kind of like really get on the same page in terms of what are our what are our gripes with one another um, on a on a on a in a collective sense as it pertains to dating and where are we able to meet each other at as it pertains to um it seems like most of us want to date one another so as it as it pertains to that like just just dating obviously and just have like gain some further understanding i feel like a lot get lost a lot gets lost in translation and, and the media and social media as well and just can go back to the basics as it pertains to like what dating should look like and, and from a historical sense, but also what it can look like for us today and, and how life is evolving. So I'm trying to do with this podcast, money good. Like trying to I know. bring together conversations. It, that's why I, completely that's why I agree. thought I would hop on here. I'm so excited. You're actually of, giving great answers so far. <laughs> okay. That's and that's just, you know, it's definitely from the heart. I, I feel like I had a vibe for what you were trying to do and I appreciate an open space to be able to just voice kind of how I've gotten to where I've gotten yeah. definitely as a black man. Cause I feel like we don't really be dealing with the stuff that I feel like I was fortunate enough to deal with. Mm. Um, and I, and just for reference po- uh, point, I think a lot of the maturity that you're hearing from me, knowing me and where I was at prior to coming back home to Minnesota. Cause I didn't grow. I didn't like my adult years or college years weren't spent here was like being around my my father and my father's been around my whole life but and he's been married to my mom for um over 37 years yeah 30 37 either 36 or 37 years but i i just feel like i i only knew the positive aspects or how they got to that stamp that point and i think just talking to him and learning more about his respect for my mother for one and and just kind of like his willingness to himself and follow as well as a man and as a black man in this kind of world I think it just gave me a different perspective I got to see some of the honestly the negative not the negative aspects to the challenges the challenges exactly thank you the challenges and um I I just felt like it humbled me a little bit because I felt like I just always knew what it was and knew what it was supposed to be like and I I really didn't have a clue (laughs) or I just saw my I also saw my father for who he was then and couldn't appreciate he's probably a little bit of a mess before he met my mom as well um so you know what, that reminds me a lot of did you watch insecure yes it reminds yes, me of sure. like i don't know if it was the last episode or the second to last episode where lawrence has a conversation with his father exactly. and that was like such an eye-opening conversation for me because i think a lot of us millennials like just like you said have unreal unrealistic expectations about other people and then also don't want to put in the work themselves to build what they think you know, is this idea of what love is and what a marriage is and what a relationship is. And we don't really have super clear examples, I don't think, with, like, because, like, to your point, like, you wrote, like, you were raised in a, like, two-parent household. Your parents are married, but you still didn't see the real, 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 you know? Right, exactly. <sighs> so it's hard. Well, I didn't see any other, like, to your point, I didn't see, like, there, there ain't mass examples. Like, I, I definitely was raised in a village, so... I did have multiple examples, but it ain't mad generational. It ain't like huge communities where you just seeing it day in, day out. Um, And 
And I think I've just grown to understand that. Like, just, I honestly, through not just through dating, but honestly, just more life experience and getting around different kinds of uh, black folks and young folks and, and in terms of all over the country, uh, I feel like there's a commonality there in that story uh, where we don't really know. We don't really, we, we like I said, we know the material side of, of how to make it work and we aspire towards that, but not really... Uh, the grit and the grind of like sacrifice and commitment unless you're unless you're having those conversations and intentional about them and that's something else I've done it's just like I try to talk to some of our our elders and and old folks that been in the game and are married and and have what I want and have still seem to be doing it and finding new ways to do it because I I know it doesn't stay the same it evolves you know so what do you think are some of the different challenges that black millennials face when it comes to dating and finding love? Like what, what challenges are you unique to our demographic? This we're in this perpetual mode. I already know the answer. Like we're in this perpetual mode of like success, career success um, as individuals. And so it's kind of like, it is a catch 22. I do understand the idea of like, dang, I'm slowing down for another person. Um, and that could potentially impact me negatively if the, if the relationship doesn't work out. And I think that is a unique challenge for us because we haven't really made great links in terms of getting ahead, um, in terms of career success, even though we, we, at this point, everybody I know kind of has a degree or is, or is mad professional and work their way up. I don't think it's a, like an intelligence thing or an education thing. It's just sheer, like, I'm trying to do this and I and a relationship can take away from that if if the two people aren't on the same page, you know? Um, and so I think, like, that's the challenge. I, I'll go into, like, I think the solution is us getting on the same page and figuring out that, you know, some of the aspects of dating aren't necessarily about the individual. It's about creating a family structure, that can provide for said children that you'll hopefully have. And I think that's where I started to kind of not selfishly look at it, but just like, it's, it's bigger than me. Um, who are, who are, who's a strong woman that um, has the same family values and can add to a family together, not just, um, like I said, from that career professional standpoint, but just the values, <laughs> like the basics and, and, and going from there and understanding that like, Two incomes always work better than one. That's the part that I don't think we really have tapped into. That's it's not this whole two. You'll never be on the same level. Two people will never be on the same level. You know, even at the same age, sometimes not not just career wise. It might be in, a, in another aspect. It might be that value side or the spiritual side. So I think it's as simple as like figuring out what's the what's the bait like going back to the basics almost of like what is supposed to be a lot of like do you love me i love you too can we make this work and um are we committed to working through the differences so it's like a commitment thing um outside of self and not thinking about self first it's very challenging to do (laughs) but not impossible i think not impossible yeah Okay, so think back to before you got booed up. Mm-hmm. What um, what feelings did you have before you would go on a first date? 
You know, like, I remember my first date ever. I was extremely nervous. Like, I was I was pretty nerdy, too, and just not really an introvert, but, like, that was just new to me. Not, yeah, new to me. Uh, just, like, asking a girl out going on a date. And I feel, I, feel, I just remember how nervous I was. And then I also remember thinking by the end of the date, because I knew the girl already, that was not a big deal. Like, we had a fun time, you know? And not like that, but I just feel like, so after that, like, dating, the first date, I won't say it wasn't a big deal because you're meeting someone new, but I always felt like I had a sense of the person before we went on that first date. So I just had an expectation that it would go well, that I'm a good person and that this is a good person. So even if it ain't like ends, ends in a relationship or being booed up, like I know I'm gonna have a good time on this date because I done picked somewhere mm. that I want to be at anyway. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just got some good company for the experience. And I and that's like my self selfish way of looking at dating. It's like I was like, yo, I'm gonna go somewhere I wanna go anyway. Now I got some dope company, hopefully, and, and things should go smoothly. And I just always have like an expectation for the best. Uh so first dates just be like they usually go well, I think, you know. It's usually like by that second or third date or like when you just trying to kick it and know the person, I feel like that's when you start to get a little more critical. Not on the first date. I don't be. I don't. I don't be looking for much on the first date, other than a good time. So, who do you think should pay for a first date? I think the guy should pay for the first date for sure. I got. I. I. I think I got a different spin on paying for dates in general, but that first date uh, should be paid for for the guy. If you ain't got the bread, I, I think there are creative ways to still get out with a woman. Um, and and be a hundred about where you at too. What what makes a bad? So you think that like a good first date, you're generally going into it optimistic because you know you pick you pick somebody who you think would be good company. You've chosen the location, so all in all, like you're expecting it to be a good time. But when have you ever been on a date, a first date, and you were just like, nah, I never want to see this woman again. <laughs> uh, I remember so. Uh, my girlfriend, when I broke up with my girlfriend from college, like, I just was definitely in that space, that that rebound space. I'm just going out with whoever I'm going to go out with. Like, whatever comes my way, I'm going I'm to go out with them. Uh, and that's where I was at. I just remember going out with this, this young lady, and uh, I think we went to the movies first. We might have went to dinner first, but we went to dinner and a movie and I just remember by the dinner portion, I was like, no. And <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know why. Like, it was just like, and I could visualize this as well. Like, uh, I just feel like I just was not, nothing about it made me feel like I wanted to go out with her again or really like kick it with her. Not even like on the friend level. And, and I, you know, I think it was definitely the timing piece. Yeah. But honestly, oh yeah, it was probably mostly the timing piece. I feel like a lot of comparing was done there and everything. Uh, but yeah, no, it was quick. It was a quick feeling, yeah. and I feel like I I didn't go out with her again. Yeah. I ain't try to like flex or nothing like that. It was uh, I I it might have been ghosting. I definitely feel like I was just gone. Like I was just gone. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Um. So okay. So back to paying for dates. So so 
tell me. You you said you have more opinions and thoughts on who should pay for dates. Tell I me. just think so to that we were talking earlier about just being realistic about dating as black millennials. I think that like, honestly it can be, I don't think guys will ever admit this. And I don't want to speak for all brothers because we all got different financial circumstances going on. But in my opinion, I I question how sustainable it is to be trying to build, which is kind of definitely the phase I'm in now of like trying to build uh, equity, maybe even buy a house and save some money. It's it's kind of hard to do that and then be paying for everything, paying for all the dates, all the time. Um, and I definitely feel like um, the women that I've, not all the women I've dated, but definitely, like I said, a lot of my, a lot of the women I've dated are, are friends and everything. I don't feel like they all had like that unrealistic expectation of like. A guy's just supposed to do all of that. I, I, I just don't know. I, I question how sustainable it is in terms of the other aspects I mentioned in terms of trying to build and, mm-hmm. and figure out the rest of life, especially if you don't necessarily come for money. And that's why I say everybody's circumstances is a little different. But um, I'm just a regular I'm just a regular black person. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just feel like I always went into it not expecting a woman for pay for everything or or pay for anything. But definitely feeling like I wanted someone that was aware of my circumstance and respected my circumstance. I feel like that's usually been reflected in like uh, some reciprocation as it pertains to dating um, and paying for dates. It's funny. Okay, so Alicia, (laughs) Um, we actually just she and I just talked about this today. There's this guy that she just started dating, and he's, I think he's a little bit younger. He's in his late 20s, but they had a conversation earlier this week, and he was just like, I don't think um, the man should pay for everything. Um, and I, I'm still really, really conflicted and confused about my true feelings on this, because I think, on one hand, like, the reason that that even became a thing in my opinion is because women need men to like put some skin in the game essentially and like show a level of investment or commitment um especially early on and like you do that through money no doesn't mean that you he loves you and he want to be with you no he could still be trying to like fuck you over or whatever but it's something you know what I mean? And I just feel like it's, but at the same time, to your point, like we, we are all at a very different financial and economic, economic situation where women generally don't need men. I don't need a guy to pay for my meal. I could pay for all my meals and my drink myself, but it's not about what I can do. It's about you demonstrating a certain level of interest and, and like I said, investment into me I guess and us and building something but so I don't know where the middle ground is yet I feel like there has to be some middle ground but I don't and I I guess maybe the middle ground is like I do I I would like for a man to like initiate you know paying and like want to pay but then like I'm gonna step in from time to time and be like I got this or you know what I mean because I think that that's fair and equitable but like I don't know I don't know Man, so here's my thing. I and I don't know, man. My 
my fam, I'm not saying they're not traditional because I that's another way I've grown. I always looked at my folks and was like, my mom puts in work like my dad does. Like, like my mom's always been a working mom. She's a teacher. Um, she's always brought in money to the house. And I, I think when my dad always says that's that stuck with me in that is just like sometimes it's 50 50. Sometimes it's 70, 30, sometimes it's 90, 10. It's just like, it's, it's getting it at a hundred and knowing that that commitment can be reciprocated. Cause like, I just feel like, like I said, to that point of like our expectations, sometimes I'm like, what happens if something gets real? And my man's is wondering if like, if it does get that real, um, can he lean on his partner to be able to mm-hmm. hold things things down? So I, I think it's like it's it's a it's it comes my my view comes from like a mutual respect of women and what they're capable of doing. To like like and not saying that they have to be the breadwinners or they should be. I'm not saying that at all. If, like if I got it, I got it though. Is my mentality like if I got it, I got it, and if I don't, I don't. If I had it my way, and I'm a real king out here. Of course, I'm going to spoil my queen, but, like, at the end of the day, I think there's other aspects to me outside of that material stuff that makes me a great man. Like, I'm a fix, like, I can fix something. <laughs> like, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, hey, if, if something gets really real um, and it comes to plumbing or something, like, we ain't, I, I don't necessarily have to depend on another man for those aspects of life, which I do think is old school. Like, I, I think I could look at a car, I could change a tire, all those kind of things that I'm not saying all men can't do, but I think are important. Like, I just, I look funny. at a real old school, like, if it, if it, if, if it gets really real out here, not walking dead, like, but like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you had to go back to old school and right, there wasn't right, no power, right, right. I could be a little hunter gatherer. Right, I bring us right. some food and make a little fire, right. we'll be okay. Right. That's why I feel like I can, I can provide those aspects of old school manhood and i guess the thing that i get held up on is i feel like women are responsible for a lot of unidentified unnoticed work yeah and i, I agree. think that's what gets frustrating for i agree because i think like you because and men don't realize what women are doing and so they take it for granted and then want to be want me to pay so you want me to do your emotional labor and help listen to you and work through your problems and be right. a therapist but right. and also pay for my drink so like you know what i mean so it's funny you said that though because i didn't really even know that i didn't even know that went really went down like that i was out with a couple of my homegirls they were in town for the holidays and these are just friends. So, you know, we just talking about dating and asking about my relationship and stuff. And then they asked me, like, yo, do you be, like, like talking to your girl about all your problems and stuff? And I was like, nah, not really. <laughs> like, and they were like, how and why? I was like, because, like, I don't, for me, it's like, I've got to turn to God for that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that's my only form of therapy or I can't turn to my woman. I'm just saying, like, why I'm going to unload all of that? on my woman when I feel like there's a responsibility for for me to just not carry that but like carry my weight you know like mm-hmm. who am I complaining to a sister specifically how am I complaining to a black woman if I have any kind of relative conscience about what they go through in the world like so 
that's like, I don't, I'm not saying that's unique to me, but I'm saying like, I had no idea that like everybody was just unloading all of their stuff on like a woman like that. Like I didn't know brothers was doing that like that, but that was like a real thing. Another thing, actually, a really good point that you brought up, and I actually think, I don't know, so there's a, um, she's like a relationship therapist, Esther Perel. One of the things that she talks about is how, like, modern day marriages, we put so, we want our partner to be everything to us. Right. Um, Like our best friend, our financial support, our, like, punching bag, our everything, you know, and that's not realistic to have all of that on one person and so it actually sounds like you have kind of delineated what role you want your partner to play in your life and that doesn't include that's not just like your support your life support I guess if you will yeah I think so I'm a part of a men's group it's a it's a group for black men it's been around my dad was a part of it I grew up in it and so now I'm an active member um and we meet every Saturday and I just feel like that's a place where you not only if you needed to really unload, like you could, right? And and know that that's a place where there's a, a unique set of people that can understand your unique circumstances, but you also just gain wisdom by being there, by being around an 85-year-old man that been in love and messed up with marriages or, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. things like that, or uh, people that are still married that um, like getting a unique perspective outside of your parents' marriage and things like that. I think we need more spaces like that. I think sisters probably need a space like that too, but it's great. It's been great for my growth to be there because it is therapy. It is a place where I can take that. That's not to my woman per se, or just some other aspects to my life that may be unique to being a a man, you know, and a black man at that. Okay. So let's lighten it up a little bit. (laughs) Ghosting. What do you, what is your definition of ghosting? You just, you stop communication where there was some form of communication. Um, and you just, you don't reply to the text. You kind of, you miss the calls. Um, and in person, you're not, you're not awkward enough where somebody would feel a kind of way. So you like respect that there was a pre-existing relationship, but not enough to ever engage again. Um, that's, that's where my definition of ghosting is. Um, so why why do you think ghosting happens? I think most times somebody just started liking somebody else. It's just like there's just more of an attraction to that new person enough where you just you know you can't if you're a good person you can't keep engaging that other person knowing it it ain't that real like it ain't the same level of attraction. So I think most times you're either on your way to a relationship. Or, like, you just know you feeling this other person more. And so that other person just is out of sight, out of mind, I think is what happens. Okay. So do you have, like, do you think of ghosting as negative or positive or neutral? Or where do you fall on that? I think it's all about, I can't say it's all about how it's done. I I think you can be a little bit negative in the sense that, like, you don't really give an explanation with ghosting. But I also feel like if you gave an explanation of why you weren't never wanting to talk to a person again, that can come off way more harsh and lead to way more damage than just silence, you know? Um, So I think sometimes the silences can be good. Um, I remember I, I ended up, like, 
kind of ghosting somebody and I bumped into him and I kept making our encounters awkward until she said, she just basically was like, Akil, we cool, we friends, like, you ain't got to be like that. Um, and it, it just lightened it up a little bit. We cool to this day when she said that, because I feel like there wouldn't have been chance for friendship the way I was acting about the situation. Yeah. But I definitely initiated the ghosting. But I, I just feel like her doing that opened up room to be like, all right, cool. It ain't that, it ain't that bad. Like, it is what it is. That is me 1,000%. Like, if I ghost you, I'm just going to ask you for awkward and try to avoid you forever. Um, so have you, you've ghosted on other people though, right? Yeah, I've ghosted. I've been ghosted, I feel like, as well. That's why I was laughing. Like, I definitely, you know, I just, I definitely just started texting somebody and getting zero replies. And hadn't, hadn't done it, I was just like, I I didn't never take it too personal, I don't think. So is there ever a situation where you think ghosting is just not okay, it's not acceptable? Oh, if you were in like a relationship or y'all was mad serious and y'all are spending like four to five days a week together, you you got you owe somebody something. <laughs> like that's that, like you owe somebody some kind of communication. You can't have like the uh I don't even think like going back to insecure that little Easter situation, like oh, yeah. Uh, my man, my man's he. You can't go about it. I not even with the worst of like some kind of mental health thing. Like I just feel like there gotta be something there. Like, hey, I'm I'm dealing with something. But that that's that's what I think. If there's if there's feelings expressed and it's mad intimate, even if y'all aren't a couple, you should you can give someone that much respect as a friend. You know. So how do you think is ideal to go about cutting off somebody who you're not interested in talking to or hanging out with anymore? And like, does it change depending on like how long you've known them? Like, you know? Yeah. I think there's all type of factors considered and how you go about it. Like, um, I think sometimes you know a person and how they may be able to react to that. Uh, and so I think you, you, you're, it's fair to gauge your gut and, and, and how you deal with that. Cause like sometimes, you know, I don't know, you, you date someone, it's just like, they're not, they're not really into the friendship. Like they're, I'm not saying that there's an infatuation there, but I'm just like, but it's not, you can't, there could be no like clear line drawn. It, it would always be blurry between y'all. And so I, I feel like in those situations, they got to kind of be more of a clean cut. But it's just like, yo, you you dope I, and you're a great friend. I just don't see us being together romantically. I think that that's a more intimate conversation built on some kind of understanding. Uh, so I, I think it's always case by case. I've always handled that case by case for sure. What are some reasons someone might get cut off for you specifically? Let me think about that. I, I think one of the biggest reasons is just like not a feeling is like they care for me on the same level I care for them. Even like I think I value friendship that much where it's just like I don't think that's specific to a relationship. Like if I don't feel like you just riding for me um, or you exhibit that through behaviors like that's the easy way to get cut off. And if there's any kind of sense that you may not be a good person, like you just do some, some whack stuff or you treat your friends a certain kind of way, also a quick way for me to cut you off. So I'm, I'm just always looking for those kind of character things 
when it when it comes to like cut somebody off. Okay, so let's say you are talking to somebody and you well actually it's pre-relationship, right? So when do you think is the right time to have the talk um to establish what you're both looking for? That should be coming up early, I feel like. Like not the the talk of like what it's you're looking for as pertains to the two of you, like where is this going? Just like but, you, what are you looking for in right, general from dating? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think like first date, second date, like where where have you been? Not necessarily a whole history run now, but like where have you been? Um, and then like where are you trying to go in terms of like dating in general? Like how are you dating? Are you just out here? Are you single? And you single and all options are open and you're not looking for nothing? Or are you open and Cause I think my whole thing in terms of when I've always dated, I've always kind of been open. Like I just go with the flow. So it's just like, I'm not looking for a relationship, but if you dope, it can be entertained. Um, and so I, and that's just how I go about any, you know, date in terms of dating and spending time with someone. Like I don't just leave a door closed and be like, no, nah, there's no room for seeing what this person is about. Um, have you ever been afraid that initiating that, that kind of a talk would scare your partner off or your potential partner? Oh, I don't scare it off some. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm scared off some. I, this is all retrospect. I didn't know I was doing that at the time. I think I'm just that kind of open person. Um, but I'm glad I didn't change that aspect of me or stop being that open about it. Um, I think it's led to kind of overall in my opinion, some dating success. No, I definitely, 100%. I'm I'm all about be who you are so you can track who is right for you. Right. Um. So do you think you should initiate that conversation if you are the one who's just looking for something casual? Yeah. If you know, yeah, yes, for sure. And if you, and if you ever get a sense, like sometimes you just get that sense that, oh, this person's on another another wave or they're way more into this than I am. I think it's, it's great to give a, a warning sign. So that person doesn't get too emotionally invested on the front end where they, you, you know, you end up breaking a heart that didn't have to be broken. Yeah. Um, so do you mind sharing with me some of your dating standards? Yeah. Um, I just, I'm always looking for like, that connectedness and, and friendship, like, um, I'm always looking for a homie. So, like, yeah, we got to be able to crack a joke. You got to be able to make me laugh. If you can't make me laugh, it's it's a dud. <laughs> like, you ain't got to be mad funny, but if you can't just get me to laugh, then it's, it's tight. Like, because, uh, yeah, I just, I like humor. Um, what are some of my other dating standards? Um, someone meeting me where I'm at. So like I said, within the first few dates, if you ain't even reach for the bill, I just feel like you ain't even considering um, what my pockets look like. And that's me. That's me. I, like I said, I'm not looking for you to start taking over the uh, the tab, but like just to even a reach to let me know that you considered um, is, is kind of sufficient in, in the first few dates. Not number one or number two, but the first few, you know. Um, especially if we're like going out consistently in the same week or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, and then the rest were mad superficial. They were like looks type thing. And I've been way past that for well over most of my adult life. Like, uh, like I said, I'm 30 now. So most of my twenties, I was off that. I realized that was whack very early on and check that. So those kind of standards are, aren't there anymore. I, I, I do date beautiful women. I'm not saying that, but like not all of that other stuff that should not matter at all. Um, so how did you figure out what your standards were? I think I started with high ones and then I, I listened to, to wise counsel. I listened to my dad and, and in terms of things that, like men that I aspire to be like what like what kind of traits their women had and and great 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 men as well like you know Malcolm and, and Martin like what what kind of traits that their women have um that I thought could help propel me to that level of greatness understanding that you need a sister that great to propel you to that level of greatness so um I love like strong fiery outspoken women um for sure that ain't afraid to check me because I'm a know-it-all. And so those are like, but like I said, to to answer your question, I think it was listening to some of the things that men said about like, oh, she was so much, like kind of she was smarter than me and she taught me so much, things like that, that you should be looking for from a woman um, that cares enough about you to to guide you in that regard um, in in a way that only a woman can. Um, what are your deal breakers? Mm, hygiene, but I ain't ran, I ain't ran into that too much, thank God. Uh, but <laughs> that would be that would that would be one. <laughs> uh, and then just just low aspirations, and not to say that I'm I'm talking about with like career success. I'm just saying like always trying to find new ways to be happy and finding new passions within yourself. I, I think if you don't have that kind of drive um, to to be better and to be happy, I think that's a deal breaker as well. Now that one I've come across a little bit more um, and I think it's definitely a deal breaker. Um, any other deal breakers? I don't really deal in deal breakers or expectations. Not to say I have like some mad low expectations. I think it's an expectation of self. Like I ain't going to date no busters. So it's just like the rest, the rest is about, there's just a lot. There's, there's tons of great people on, on the earth. So it's just like finding, finding a way to coexist with said person is what I be about these days, as opposed to like focusing on what I can't deal with. I'd be trying to focus on what I can deal with. Mm. I like that. I like that, <laughs> I like that. that too. <laughs> write that down. Um, yeah. So, do you think black women and black men have different dating standards from each other, generally speaking? Heck yeah, that goes back to my town hall, sis. Like, <laughs> we gotta sit down. I don't think we'd be on the same page at all. So, what are and some I'm of not... the things that you've heard? Like. Uh, so on the sisters and it's just like they the salaries gotta match and um they gotta be doing so much better than the than um than the woman and i'm just like yo the the, the statistics don't even match with that sis so mm-hmm. go ahead and get you somebody look a little different because <laughs> like 
there's successful brothers that like you know, but that that is the the numbers say that like it'd be tight out here even job wise, even the most educated brother, and so that's on that end. But I definitely feel like the more toxic ones on the on the man's end are just like this expectation that like you getting three meals a day type deal with a career woman at that. And she's supposed to still do all of that on top of doing um, those those aspects of the housework and, and family work. Um, so I think that's just the unrealistic expectation as well. Unless like unless you are the breadwinner and, and you can afford for her to be at home like that. But if you can't, you can't have that expectation. She's supposed to be doing any of those kind of patronizing things like cooking and cleaning or anything like that. And I wasn't raised in that. Like my dad cooked. Just as much, if not more, than my mother in, in my lifespan. Um, it still does, and and so I, I don't think they have those traditional roles per se. Um, they just make it work for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's well, that was their drive, and kind of still is. They just make it work. The commitment to one another. Um, so those are the main two that I think we we got to deal with, and just have a more realistic expectation. Um, I think those conversations need to happen not kind of like separately first so that there can be accountability. Mm-hmm. So they're like, cause I already know that like brothers, we got to be able to check each other in terms of where things are going wrong and, and sisters in the same regard. And then once we done check each other and we figured out what are realistic expectations, then we need to sit down and be and and, and have the whole forum. Once we, once we have tracked what's best for us and, and have an understanding of what's best for us. Um, so how do you think things like dating standards have changed from like our parents and grandparents generation? Um, have you read Modern Romance by Aziz? I listened to the audiobook. Yeah, oh. so I feel like he, he very much like tracks the data and shows kind of a pattern of like how the values have changed. And one thing that I that stuck out to me always was like the the idea that like and our parents and grandparents age, like they married someone that was like in the vicinity, um, and it was it was definitely like a like almost a family decision. And so, like two people, it was it was all about like can this person up like maintain a household, and how can you guys build together? I just felt like it was more realistic. Like, all right, you're. <laughs> you're a banker and you're a teacher. And so you guys can do this together and making it work from there. Um, and I think in his, in, in terms of his story, he talks about his parents had an arranged marriage, but they're very much still in love just as much as um, anybody else he's come across. So I, I think there's just like, we kind of have those same values. It's like, it's based on the family unit more than it is the individual. And I, as opposed to now it's like, what do I want? And, and, and I, and I think that's the main difference. It's, it's like, it's based on what do I want as opposed to like, I need a good man or a good woman to build like a family. Right. With. What's best for this family unit. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So this is like a side tangent question that I just thought about. Um, Cause I know you and then I know who, you know, um, mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts on relationships that are, or have been budding out of your friend group? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> they can go well. I think um, I think that those can often be the best relationships. I think. No, only... pause, pause. So, 
So I mean, sorry. <laughs> what I mean is like, like your guy friends, like Phil just yeah. got, Phil just got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Omari had a baby last year or whenever earlier this year. He's married. Um, and other people are like doing their thing. Like, just what are your thoughts? Like, as you observe your male counterparts and like who are your close friends, like, what are your thoughts and feelings as you observe your friends like navigating relationships in their personal lives? Oh, just growth. I mean, it makes you definitely look at like where we all are in that relationship phase and everything and where we came from because we was we was hot on the block like i think <laughs> overall i think overall it just shows that it, it speaks to that idea what i was talking about in terms of like good people like everybody i'm around is like a good person so ultimately we were navigating like this dating life and everything but we all knew what we wanted so it's just like i think as you grow in a man it comes from like knowing what you want to acting on that and i think those are two very different things to start acting on this idea that you want marriage and everything is different from saying that you'll get there. And so you do have to drastically change how you're dating and how you're approaching women and respecting women um, so that you can ultimately get to that final phase. And so it's been crazy to see that growth in everybody around me, not just that group that you mentioned, but even locally in Minnesota, just everybody I'm around. I remember my homie, uh, I won't say his name, but he was out here and we were, you know, we were, we were out, we, you know, I, I go out a lot, I club a lot. So I was doing that here too. Um, definitely was on the scene. He's on the scene and we go back to high school and um, it's funny. We, we, uh, we ended up like dating the same chick um, and it actually caused a little bit of strife in our relationship, but he moved on and I moved on from her. Um, and maybe a year or two later, all of a sudden my man is like engaged and like, I, (laughs) it's crazy. I saw him the night he proposed and everything. And so a few weeks after that, I ended up like just talking to him and he just was like, yo, man, I'm like, how did you get here? I needed to know like my man's like, (laughs) how did you get here? And and how so quickly? He's just like, man, one day I realized I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to find the love of my life just dating. Um, and I, and he, and, and he just found someone that he really loved. It was good timing, but he had to make the choice. He was just like, bro, I just made a choice, man. He's like, I just made a choice and I decided that I wanted better for myself. And I think it becomes that simple over time though. I think you grow into that and I definitely feel in the climate, in the dating climate that exists today is definitely for a lot of brothers. I think it comes closer to that 30 age. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some wise ones out here that got out mad early and realized it was it was all whack. And, and they, but uh, I would say the masses of us just ain't picking it up that quick. <laughs> so do you have like so? It, it sounds like you have a lot of conversations with your male, like older men in your life and your um, male group. Like, do you have these same kind of conversations about relationships and dating with your? like male friends as like i don't know like as a group do you have one-off conversations you guys just talk about i think we i think we used to um i'll say i do kind of one-offs with different individuals in my friend group like i talk to them one-on-one um but not as much like a, a larger thing where we're really really developing that conversation kind of productively uh but even in those one-off conversations they do get deep and they get deep quickly 
Uh, and we just, there's an accountability there though. It's dope. Uh, if you got the right kind of friends and that's why I like, I, I definitely feel blessed in that regard. Cause it's just like your friends know you well and they can check you when you're just way off base and, but they can also validate you and brothers need a little validation sometimes too, in terms of like when you get in those heated arguments with someone that you care about. Um, and so it's, I, I think, the consistency in terms of all the homies has been like, yo, you, you've messed up a good, enough good ones. Like, don't mess this up. Like, that, that'd be kind of the message I think we'd be giving each other. Like, hey, man, you know what it is. Like, ain't no games no more. Um, and so just for all of us to just fall off the games um, and, and that'd be a consistent message that I think I hear from a lot of the homies is just like, don't like just taking um, the love of a woman seriously. Um it's dope. It's great to experience and be a part of. That's such a beautiful thing to end on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Akil. This is so great. Nigga, you done matured as fuck. Like, oh, you know? man. <laughs> I was man. not expecting these responses. You have no idea. We'll have to talk offline. I'm, I'm growing in every area, but... uh. Yeah, it's, it's it's a wrap, yo. Your boy is an adult. It's 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 over. I don't be on none of that, none of that garbage no more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships. If you like this episode, please leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Become an official Situationships boothang by donating to the podcast Patreon page. I'll love you forever. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships podcast community on social media. The pod is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Situationships Pod. If you have a story you want to share on the podcast, email me at situationshipspod at gmail.com. And lastly, to stay up to date on the events, stories, and news for the podcast, sign up at situationshipspodcast.com. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.